Good morning, everybody, and welcome to episode 92 of the Ask the Coach Show, where Ping Skills answers your table tennis questions. Today, we discuss how to serve the ball short, bouncing the ball before serving, and the forehand slice. To answer your questions, Supercoach Alois Rosario is with me. Welcome, Alois. Good day, Jeff. How are you going? Had a, had a uh, nice uh, day. Not too bad. From other other things, but uh, yeah, so today big working day again. Absolutely yes. Um, I'm a little bit sleepy-eyed. Um, last night my wife was uh, talking about watching a new episode of Parenthood, the last season that was coming on TV, and we started watching, and we didn't realise it was actually a double episode. So um, we're doing that. Okay. It's a late night. Are you a big Parenthood fan, Alice? Oh, no, 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 no. Don't, don't, you don't, don't even know what that is, do you? No, don't, don't watch much of that sort of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great show. You should watch it. I highly recommend it for everyone. Um, uh, I'm, too, I'm too busy with my Rubik's Cube, Jeff. Like, you know, I just haven't got time. Wow, that looks very sold, Alice. Oh, yeah, very sold. Look. Impressive. We may have to get you to do a live solve on air for people. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it, um, the show's only half an hour, though, right? <laughs> oh, dear. Yes. All right. Well, let's get on to the um, Ping Skillers question of the day from yesterday, Alois, which was, when is the strangest time you have played or trained table tennis? Yeah, so I remember, well, I remember you know, Christmas Day, so a big, big occasion for us, um, and going down after Christmas lunch and training um, there. But also, we have done a couple of um, 24-hour table tennis marathons as well. So, you know, playing playing 24 hours straight, so playing all through the night. Um, so with that, we have... You play for an hour, but you get five minute break every hour. So sometimes you know you you accumulate your five minutes and store them up so you can have like a fifteen minute break. But um, yeah, so playing right through the night with those was uh, was interesting. What about you, Jeff? Wow, twenty four hour marathon. That sounds good. Maybe we'll have to do another one of those, Alois. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I haven't really. Yeah, strangest time. Uh, Nothing really comes out. Like a lot of early mornings, you know, but, you know, that becomes pretty normal. Um, yeah, so nothing really special for me. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah I like the idea of that 24-hour marathon, Alois. Yeah. Um, actually, Mark Taylor, who was on the show a little while ago, is uh, is uh, planning or thinking about doing one um, later this year as well, so um, down in Warrnambool so as a, as a fundraiser. So that might be interesting. Yes, indeed. Sounds like a good idea. All right. Well, let's move on to the Ping Skillers question for today, which is, is Fan Zendong the best under-18 player ever? So leave a comment. Let us know your thoughts. Go to pingskills.com slash blog and leave a comment there or on our YouTube channel. All right. Okay. Um... Now, before we get into the questions, just a bit of a discussional topic. Discussional, is that a word? Anyway, a bit of a discussion topic. 
is it disrespectful to call the game ping pong? What are your thoughts, Alois? Yeah, for me it isn't, but um, but it. We did have a question on these lines uh, recently, and there was a bit of discussion there about it. And you know, some people feeling that it was, and some people feeling that no, it isn't. Um, I don't think so. I think you know, it's just a different name for for the game that we love. Um, I think in some connotations, you know, it, it's seen as um, the backyard sport of you know just. Uh, tapping the ball back and having a bit of fun, but that's all right. I mean, our sport's made up of a whole range of uh, levels. You know, there's um, the very elite, you know, with uh, best players in the world. Uh, there's uh, our national players, our club players, our um, social players, and pe people that just want to go down there and and have a have a bit of exercise, have a bit of fun, uh, make it a social occasion. So, you know, I think one of the good things about our sport is that it caters for all sorts of people. And, um, yeah, I don't think, I mean, ping pong, just another name. Yeah. What about you? Hold on, I'm going to sneeze, Alec. Uh, okay. I'll, I'll, and, and I'll tell you, Jeff, when he sneezes, he sneezes at 15 times. Oh, look, there he goes. <laughs> yes. Oh, dear. So, yeah. Um, what do you I think? have no problem with uh, the name ping pong. Um, you know, it's just a name for the sport, and you know, if people know it as ping pong, and you know, they go, "Let's just go play some ping pong." I don't think it's a problem, and I don't think in that context they're being disrespectful. It's just what a lot of people are used to calling it. You know, they haven't heard the term table tennis as much as they've heard the term ping pong. So, you know, ah. Uh, I think it's fine. Call it whatever you like, you know. Just go and enjoy yourself and have fun with the game. Not a big deal to me. Uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah. Interesting, interesting to hear other people's comments because, yeah, there was a bit of discussion. So, yeah, put some, uh, put some comments down below. Yes, indeed. And one of the interesting comments was talking about um, Parker Brothers um, trademarking the name and not letting other people use it. So people started using table tennis. I hadn't heard that uh, before, Alan. So that was quite interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. Yeah, there, there were a few different names. There was uh, there was called Flim Flam and Gossamer, I think, um, as uh, as early names for the game as well. So and ping pong was certainly one of them that uh, yeah, Parker Brothers had. Yeah, indeed. All right, so for all you iTunes listeners or podcast listeners, um, just visit the website, uh, pingskills.com slash table tennis blog, and you will find where you can leave a comment. All right, Alois, um, first up, let's have a question from Brock about the tall guy. He says, I haven't played with the tall guy in a week now, and I think I need more practice so I can beat him next time. Um he says, I think I will practice in three more weeks, then face him. So do I need more time to practice before I can beat him? Oh, just get out there and play him, Brock. Play him as many times as you can. If you can play him every day, play him every day. Just uh, it'll, it'll yeah. only be good for you. Indeed, yeah. Get out there, play him. Um, yeah, the more times you play him, the more chances you've got to beat him and the more you'll get used to his style. So um, get out there and do it. All right, next question is from Jasper. And Jasper says, I played a very fast blocker who was very good in placing the ball on the table. I lost three zip. What are some good tips to win against this type of player? 
Yeah, so a blocker a blocker relies a lot on your your speed. Um, so slowing the game down a little bit can help. Um, a blocker uh, loves it when you top spin fast at them because they just uh, react and then place the ball. So they're utilizing the speed on the ball that you're generating. Um, a good tactic against a blocker is just variation of speed. So sometimes a little bit of the slower. Um, spinny topspin and then sometimes you can play faster because that's bringing them in and out and making them think a little bit more about their block. If, you, if you're playing fast at them all the time they just have to stand there and react and block the ball back. Um, the other thing that can be good against a blocker is sometimes the blocker doesn't have a very good attack or topspin themselves so just playing with um, some good backspin um, and then waiting for your time to get a good um, opportunity to make the top spin ball. So yeah, you don't necessarily have to uh, uh, you know, be desperate to make that first attack. Um, think about just pushing if they don't have a good top spin attack. Think about pushing, uh, waiting for the right opportunity and then making the top spin. So yeah, so variation of speed and spin and uh, waiting for the right opportunity. Great advice, Alloys. And for our premium members, we have a video in our match strategy section on how to play against a blocker. So um, if you're not a premium member, try it out for a month. Um, you'll get access to all the videos. And, um, yeah, Jasper, there's a great one there on how to play against a blocker. Uh, good luck with that. Let us know if that advice helps you out. All right, let's move on to a question from Lucas who says, if I were to buy the Mark V rubber, which type would be best for an offensive player? The normal Mark V or the Mark V GPS? I've heard the GPS is a little softer. Yeah, yeah, not really not much difference. Uh, Mark. Just um, just go with the normal Mark V. It's as good as anything. Um, there's there's not a whole heap of difference between them. Just yeah, just get the normal Mark V and and, and practice hard. Indeed. So, yeah, as you see, Lucas, um, we're not really equipment experts. Um, you know, once you've got a decent rubber and a decent bat, we don't feel that that's going to make the difference. What is, is getting out and training and improving your technique, and that's what we think it's all about. So, um, yeah, pick a good rubber, and then, as Alloy said, practice, practice, practice. All right, uh, thanks for the question, Lucas. All right, um, now let's just take another question from Brock who says, when the ball is long, do you prefer the forehand topspin or forehand chop, and which is the most effective stroke? Oh, for me, definitely the topspin because uh, that puts you into an attacking position. If you chop the ball back, then you're allowing your opponent to start to dictate the rally. So, um yeah, for me, every time the ball's long, uh, think about taking that opportunity to make the topspin attack. Excellent. Yeah, and I guess it's only if you were a defensive player would you consider not topspinning that. Um, or if you're a beginner that's still working on your forehand topspin and it's not consistent yet. But for most players, the goal would be any long ball to make a topspin stroke. That way you're attacking and putting lots of pressure on your opponent. 
Yeah, I mean, the, we talked a little bit earlier about you know playing against a blocker, so you don't necessarily have to be desperate to to make the attack off the ones that are just coming off the end. But um, yeah, if you get the opportunity, make your top spin, slow spin, fast spin, whatever it is. Hello. Hello. Uh, we still got Jeff. We haven't got Jeff. We might just go on with it. So, um, so Morgan's Morgan's asked a question. Hi. We've got we've got lots of things happening on this um, video. Hello, sure hello. Hello, hello. I'm here. Hello. Go for it. Hi, right, Alois, I'm back. Okay, great. Whew. Phew. <laughs> I just okay. dropped out bad internet connection. We were just going to go on with uh, Morgan's question. Okay, have you already, have you already no. asked Morgan's question? No, I haven't asked the question. I haven't asked the question yet, so. Okay, well, um, let me see. My internet connection is struggling. I can't even get the questions up, Alice. You go for oh, it. Well, I just yeah, play around. So, so Morgan's asked, um, do you have tips on the forehand slice? I play this stroke all the time. It comes as a good stroke for me in matches. So um, yeah, so the slice. Um, so let's let's think about definitions to, that we've been talking about. So slice is um, a push or a chop or um, or just. When we talk about slice, we talk about putting backspin on the ball. So, um, for the forehand slice or the push, the, one of the important things is to really get the angle of your bat back, and just be really relaxed with your with your hand and your and your fingers here. So you can just release the grip slightly with your fingers. Um, that will help you to get the right angle um, of the bat going towards the ball. If you hold the bat tight, it's really difficult to then get that bat going towards um, the direction you want to. So loosen up the grip and then push forward that way. So um, it can be an effective stroke, okay, um, but you need to firstly make sure that you get a little bit of backspin on the ball and also then making sure that you're placing the ball well. So if you can put it short and close to the net, it's great, or if not, push the ball fast and deep. Um, towards where you want, um, or, or to their weaker area, or somewhere where they don't want to have the ball. So, I mean, for example, if someone's got a strong push, um, a strong topspin, you wouldn't just push the ball straight to their forehand um, area because then they'll be able to attack it easily. So, yeah. So that's that. Yeah, that's the main things with the with the push, um, and. I don't know where Jeff's gone. Yeah. We, we, we keep losing Jeff. But anyway, we'll move on to um, another question from Sam. So Sam said, after watching countless matches, I can see that practically all the players bounce the ball on the table a few times before they serve. They also bounce it on their racket sometimes. Obviously, this must be allowed, but what's the point in doing it? So, um, so interesting question, Sam. So, oh, Jeff, you're back, I think. I'm back. Yeah, you gotta love technology. But yeah, keep going. This uh, bouncing 
question. Yeah, yeah. So, so um, players often you know bounce the ball on their racket or bounce the ball on their table on the table a few times. Um, all it is is just a bit of a routine for them. Um, it's just finding a way to um, to have something have something normal um, in their rallies or before their rallies and a, and a bit of a routine so that they start to feel comfortable. So then in a stressful situation, they're going through a similar routine all the time and they are um, able to feel a little bit more comfortable doing it. So if you watch the best players, you'll notice that they'll bounce the ball the same number of times, usually in the same position on the table or on their bat or whatever it is, and the routine will be very routine. Um, so yeah, so it'll look it'll look the same all the time. So I think um, that's the main reason that they do that sort of thing. Great. Um, yeah, and um, yeah, we've got some information on three-point routines in one of our um, one of our master classes, Alice. So I'll put a link to the show in that because it, it's very interesting, and I guess people who want to improve should think about a three-point routine. Yeah, it um, it is something that you can start to think about because, um, and and it's something that you can develop in your training session. So don't just go out and play a match and think, oh well, I don't know what what sort of routine. It's it's a thing that if you practice it, then you will start to get more comfortable with it, and then in tighter situations, you'll start to feel more comfortable as well. So um, yeah, just do it uh, often and practice in training. That then it does become a routine. Okay, very good. Um, so, I'm just looking through my question list here, Alice, but um, so, I can't so see Constantine some of the questions. The, yeah. Oh, Constantine, yeah. So, Constantine asked, how do you do a very short serve? I try, but it becomes too easy for my opponent. Mm, so, what are your tips yes. on doing short serves, Alice? Yeah, it's important. This is a really important one. So the the first thing when you, when you're starting to learn how to serve or you know uh, improve your serve is to generate lots and lots of spin. So by generating spin, uh, or to generate spin, you've got to get your bat moving really fast. Um, when your bat moves fast, obviously then the tendency is that the ball starts to go a little bit further. But the key to getting the serve short then is to make the contact finer. So if you hit the ball flat with a fast racket like that, the ball is going to fly. Okay. If you hit it like that and fast, it won't go as far. If you hit it like that, so just touching the ball and really fast, so the bat's moving at the same speed, the ball isn't going to go very far at all. So that's the key to getting the serve short, is the finer contact on the ball, the thin contact means that you're generating lots of spin, so the ball's going to start spinning around really fast, but it doesn't go as far, and there you get your short serve. Okay, interesting. Now, another question I hear a lot, Alice, when people are trying to do a short serve, is where should the first bounce be? Because I hear a lot of, some people say, oh, it should be close to you, some people say it should be close to the net. Yeah, so... Um, when, when you're when you're starting off, I think it's easier to get that bounce close to the net because then you're you're getting um, a nice thin contact um, and the ball isn't travelling very fast. So 
Um, so that's the first the first thing. And uh, we do have some um, videos in our Serving Secrets on um, starting to generate the spin, um, where you put some cones on the table or on the floor and you're getting the ball to go out and come back again through those cones. So that's, that's something that you can um, think about when you're starting, get the ball closer to the net because um, you're hitting the ball up in the air a little bit more and the bounce is softer. But as you progress, it's then important that you start to get that uh, contact a little bit faster and ball moving a little bit faster, as just a little bit faster as well. And to do that, you need to get the ball to bounce closer to you on your side of the table. So now, once you've learned to do the spin this way, where the ball's going a little bit more up in the air and bouncing closer to the net, you're starting to generate that nice contact. You're starting to generate lots of spin. You, once you get the feeling of that, then you can start to brush down and really fast this way. So then once you get the, the feel, brush down and fast, and then the ball is going to bounce closer to you on your side and bounce um, over the net. So, yeah, it's, it's a little bit tricky, but it's good to, um, good to try and experiment with this. So first up, get the ball um, or the contact a little bit um, finer and higher, so you, the ball's travelling a bit higher and bouncing close to the net. And as you develop that feel of the contact, then you can start to get the same contact by doing this a little bit more and really fast and getting it to bounce close to you on your side and then it'll still go short on the other side. So, yeah, um, th I mean, that's why, that's why serving is so um, tricky and why we need to practice serving so much because it's such a fine skill to be able to do that really well. So, yeah, so, so give, that, give that all a go and see, um, see how you go with your short service. Really important part right, of the game. Alice, I'm back. I missed all the good advice you've just given. I'm going to have to go back and watch the show, find out some more information about learning short. Yeah, um, that's but... you can also listen to the ping pot on your way to work, Jeff, if you're driving today. You can, yes. So, yeah, if you sign up to iTunes or use your favourite podcast app and listen to it, great way to listen to the show. Good point, Alloys. <laughs> That's what I will do. I'll listen to it on the way to work and find out how to serve short. Good. Well, Good. I think that wraps up the show, Alloys. Um, uh, one that I've missed a lot of, but um, looking forward to hearing it. Um, so thank you everybody for your questions thanks all the viewers for watching and thank you uh, Alloys for answering all the questions yeah thanks Jeff and uh, we will um, see you all tomorrow morning bright and early have a great day Indeed. have a great day everyone see you later bye <laughs>